Before we get started, I want to thank our one and only sponsor, Mr. David Dominoski. You see him and you think, wow, that guy has a nice beard. But what you don't know is he's actually the sweetest soul that has many talents besides growing exquisite facial hair. For instance, if he turns on his magic, he becomes a purveyor of parking spots. I kid you not, we can have the busiest place ever and he will find front row parking. So if you're listening, do me a favor and just send some love energy his way. He's a plumber, so he's literally dealing with shit so I can speak words into the air and chase a dream. And so let's show him some gratitude that we get to hang out together. Thank you, Bear. Welcome, people. I'm Persephone Nicole, creator of Inspire the Wildfire. I'm a well-being artist here to ignite your passion and spark the revolution to our evolution. Now is the time. We need to evolve as a species. We were put here for a purpose, each of us born with gifts, and we've all been assigned. Who we are can have a deeply profound impact on this planet. Together, we'll inspire each other to be brave humans and burn everything that's holding us back. Watch the magic that occurs when you cultivate and share your natural gifts and abilities. Be the masterpiece. This past week, I've had a lot of conversations with my people and being really open about the fact that I'm having a hard time doing this podcast. There's a few reasons for it. One is I started it just because intuitively I was feeling led to it, but I didn't really have a clear direction that I wanted to take with it. And so when you start a journey without having directions, (laughs) it's very hard to have confidence. And so that's been really difficult. And I keep trying to lean into that intuition because that's always how I've made the best decisions with my life is just feeling my way through it. And so trying so hard to have patience with where it's going, but it's just been kind of frustrating not knowing. And the other reason it's been really hard is because I don't know what I'm doing. Being a novice so publicly, it's taxing on my nervous system and I can feel like my anxiety start to kick up. It's one thing to learn something privately, like if you're learning to ride a bike, usually there's like maybe one or two people there watching you fall over and figure your way through it. You know, one, a couple people is not a big deal, but then putting something out so publicly that literally it goes out to the entire planet, there's a different weight and responsibility that somebody feels. And I have this shoulding going on in my head, like I should know what I'm doing. I should be putting out something better. Uh, It's a lot of pressure. And so making the adjustments, easing into it, making sure that this is still lighthearted. I don't need to be taking it so seriously. So one of the things that I'm seeing is the statistics from my side. I can see how many people are listening to each podcast And last week, they just introduced something where you would know exactly how many followers you have on Spotify. And I looked at that number, and I have 15 followers. Now, that doesn't seem like a lot. I could focus on that, but then I was thinking about how when I would have clients that would come to me for personal training, one of the first things I would do, especially if it was a woman client, is 
get their weight and their measurements. And without fail, every single time we were done taking their weight and finishing with the measurements, I could see this look of defeat come across the client's face. Because there was so much shame that was coming with the numbers. And so I would say to them, hey, I know right now you're feeling a little bit of overwhelm and where you need to go. But I'm telling you right now, this number that you feel so ashamed of, one day you're going to be so proud of this number. And so instead of feeling sadness in this moment, I want you to celebrate where you are because this is just the beginning. And so I'm having to do a little bit of coaching for myself. And so today I just want to celebrate the 15 people that are listening especially since a lot of you have reached out to me in the past couple weeks about the episodes that have come out, knowing that they were hard for me because you know me personally. I just want you to know how much it means to me. This really is a labor of love and the only payback I get is your feedback. So I thank you. And so I've been thinking about this today and I was reminded of a story Once upon a time, (laughs) my grandparents went to Chile and they came back with this alpaca rug. I don't know if you've ever seen one, but this one in particular was a cream color and it kind of looks like what you would imagine a sheep rug would look like, kind of fluffy and furry. And so she brought it home and at one point she decided she was tired of it, so she rolled it up, threw it in a garbage bag and put it in her garage where it stayed for a significant amount of time until I was over there helping her clean out her garage and said, hey, Grandma, what's this? And she said, oh, you can throw that away. I'm like, what is it? She's like, it's a rug that Papa and I got when we were in Chile. And I was like, you can't throw this away. Long story short, my grandma, who is just not in any way sentimental, didn't want it. So it came home with me. And so I get it home and I lay it out and realize that some critter had gotten in there and peed on it. So I wasn't going to be able to use the rug right away. So what did I do? Well, I rolled it up and I double bagged it (laughs) and threw it up in the attic where it stayed until I decided to move out. And then I took it with me and I put it in storage and it stayed there for three years until it was time to move up to Utah. And I threw it in the moving truck and got up here where I throw it on the balcony where it stays for about a year until we're about ready to move a house. And David says to me, listen, you need to figure out something with that rug. I'm like, okay, okay, I will. So I look into getting it cleaned, right? But because we live on the top floor of our complex, it's just going to be so much money to have somebody come up here and do it. So I thought, you know what? I'll just do it myself. It's a hot summer day. And I'm like, you know what? Of all the days to clean an alpaca rug, this is the day because it's nice and hot out. I can wash it and then put it out on the balcony to dry. So I fill up the tub. I throw the rug in and immediately realize that I just made a terrible mistake. Because when my grandma got tired of the rug, whatever, decades ago, she just rolled it up and threw it in a bag. And then that thing was in a dusty garage and a dusty attic and has just been moved around and then uh, 
that thing needed to be vacuumed. What happens when you throw dust in water? Immediately turns to mud. So I got this cream rug like floating in mud. And there's not anything I can do about it, right? It's too late. I can't take it out now and try and vacuum it. It's like, I just got to go for it at this point. I'm feeling like an idiot. When all of a sudden I look over and my heart stops. Because in the water is a popcorn kernel that's floating. Now that doesn't sound like much to the most people. But for me... That was a memory of my papa who had died. You see, he loved to eat popcorn, and it was kind of a joke that he would get more popcorn on the floor than in his mouth. (laughs) And I had forgotten about that. In fact, it had been a while since I really allowed myself to even think about him because there was so much stress and drama that happened around the time of his death that it just really added to the burden, so I just had stopped thinking about him altogether. And I realized if I would have vacuumed the rug beforehand, I would have rolled that rug out in the living room because that's where the most space is. And if that kernel had just happened to fly out and I wasn't noticing it, I could have easily mistaken it for the popcorn that David and I had ate the week before. So the fact that it was in the water, I had the context and it jogged that peace of my heart in that moment. Sometimes we make a mistake, but there's a blessing in it. Meanwhile, more debris starting to come loose from the rug, and I notice there's a bunch of dead bugs, and especially big, gross spiders. Now, there's three animals that I don't like on the planet. One is snakes. The second one would be like octopus or squid because they're just kind of creepy looking. And then definitely spiders. So here I am in this soup of spiders with mud and I'm totally grossed out, but I need to get the spiders out, right? Now, mind you, these spiders have been dead for decades. So what I should be doing is just grabbing them and throwing them in the garbage. But I go to reach for the spider and this fear pops in because there's it's just creeping me out so I start the self-dialogue like dude pick up the damn spider it's not a big deal obviously it's dead it's been dead probably longer than you've been alive so just grab this thing and I'm like okay I'll grab it and no it's like this mental block every time I go to reach for the spider and then I see myself turn and grab for some toilet paper. And I was like, seriously, genius? What happens if you put toilet paper in the water? It's just going to be a sopping mess. Like, that's not going to help the situation. Grab the damn spider. And I just couldn't believe what I was up against with this irrational fear. So, of course, I had to make myself do it. And it was as gross as I thought it was going to be. Like, it's this nasty, crunchy, skeletal mass in my hand that was falling apart. And it was really gross, but doable, right? But I couldn't help but, like, just recognize how deeply entrenched that fear of spiders must be if I can't even grab a dead one. So I'm working through the cleaning of this rug. 
And I decide it's just taking a lot longer than it should. And I'm getting kind of frustrated with it. And I think to myself, well, how long should it take to clean an alpaca rug? Like, do you know? (laughs) Well, honestly, I don't know. Maybe I'm right on time, right? So (laughs) I started realizing I was putting all this undue pressure on myself to have it done by a certain time without having any context like, where am I getting this idea? I have no frame of, frame of reference for that on how long it should take. It's just going to take as long as it takes. But realizing that I was myself putting on all this undue pressure that was unnecessary, and really the root of it was just my expectations. Like, I had set aside an hour of my day thinking that that's what it was going to be, and then all of a sudden I was upset because it wasn't taking that t- amount of time when that wasn't even fair. It wasn't fair for me to give myself an hour. Friggin' takes longer. That's why. So I calm down and I'm just cleaning the rug. And then my mind starts going. I really hope this thing was ethically sourced. Like, I have no idea where this came from. But it's here now. I have to imagine that There was one day where this alpaca was just chilling out in the field and then somebody came and gave him a shave and he was like, oh, thanks, dude. And he bounces off. Off he goes with his life, having no idea that his fur has been transported to California and then all the way up to Utah where it resides now. And it was cracking me up to think about that. Alpaca has no idea where his hair is right now. And isn't that a fun parallel to think about? How there's metaphorically pieces of us that we're leaving around that maybe we give to others that we don't even know how far that reach goes. And so here it comes time to rinse the rug. I get this great idea to get a Rubbermaid bin and then use the handheld sprayer to kind of spray it until it gets clear and then pull it into the Rubbermaid bin and then eventually it would all be in the bin and I can So that's great. I think it's a perfect idea, which it was. It was working out really well until the very end, which was when it was the hardest because all of that rinsing water ends up at the very bottom. It like wicks at the end there. It was super heavy and super hard to push and move around and manage. And I was thinking, isn't this fitting that the end is the hardest? It's really that last push at the end is what separates successful people from people that fail is it just comes down to the grit. And if you're going to push through and get it to the end, I finally get it done. And now comes time to go put it out on the balcony. And I have this whole plan that I'm going to go out there in increments And just turn it so that it can dry evenly. So I go out there. It's less than an hour. And I kid you not, this thing is bone dry. (laughs) It hadn't even occurred to me that the fur used to be on an animal. Animals aren't supposed to be sopping wet. Like it's, it's been designed to dry quickly. But that didn't even occur to me, that thought. And so this thing is stiff as a board. So I bring it back in. But by this point whatever's on the backing it's kind of like this leathery texture thing it has frozen in place the rug no longer lays flat it's just this bumpy mess and so what did I ended up doing with it 
was in my meadow, which is my studio. I have a little area where I do all of my creating. It's called the womb and it's this enclosed tent that I have. So I put it on top of the tent and it's kind of created this coziness for the area and also just has that little piece of nostalgia that I always have in everything that comes into that womb. And so now it has its purpose. And it's interesting because when I first got that rug, my idea was to have it be a showcase piece for my home. But it ended up being exactly what it was meant to be. Like it has its place. It's different from what I thought it was going to be. But it doesn't make it any less sacred to me or less loved. And so sometimes we find ourselves in situations where we have the expectations of what the experience is supposed to be. And in that time, we miss out on what it actually is. With this podcast, I'm trying to make the adjustments for welcoming the experience and learning from it. Just like that alpaca rug. Moving forward, I can't, I just came out of a day-long meditation to kind of regroup and figure out where I'm going to take the podcast and get some clarity on it, and I came out with some. So I'm excited for season two because I feel like I have a direction now that I'm going to go in. You know, podcasts do season releases, and I decided to line my podcast seasons with the seasons of the planet. And so for those of you that live in the Northern Hemisphere... Um, The one that's coming up is going to be the spring, which happens to be my very favorite of all seasons. So it'll be fun to release the new season with a new direction. Our soul work this week is to take some time and think about an experience that on the surface you perceive to be negative. Can you look at the situation and celebrate the wisdom that came from that experience? Remember, it only takes a subtle shift in the wind for the fire to completely change direction. People, I love you so much. Thank you for sharing your time. You can connect with me on Instagram or Facebook or on my website, inspirethewildfire.com. To show your support, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or follow and rate the show on Spotify. I hope this thoughtful episode benefits you. Please be sure to share it with your community. Let's make this revolution spread like wildfire.